Hey, heroes. Welcome to On Scene First. I'm your host, Tracy Eldridge. With over 25 years in public safety, I am wicked excited and honored to bring you entertaining, educational, and empowering conversations with public safety difference makers. Those folks are the ones that are harnessing the power of -of out-of-the-box thinking when it comes to the latest and greatest must-have technology tools, a people-first leadership approach, and mental health resources to save lives on both sides of the call. Before we get started, I want to say a huge thank you to our premier sponsor, NGA, Next Generation Advanced. With reliable cloud-based end-to-end NG91 solutions, I am wicked confident that they can fulfill your needs when it comes to next-gen core services, call handling, data analytics, and much more. Oh, and did I mention it's affordable and customizable? Make sure you visit our friends at www.nga911.com and tell them Tracy sent you. Now, on with the show. All right. I am wicked excited for today's guest. I have been looking forward to this one for a little bit now. Uh, It should have been longer, and I'll explain what I mean by that in just a little bit. But my guest today is the infamous Dominique Mathis. Dominique, how are you, my dear friend? I am great. How are you, Tracy? You have me smiling so hard right now. Thank I know. You. Isn't it cool? So a lot of folks will ask me, like, are we going to be on camera? And I say, yes, because I want to see your face. I don't put the the visual piece of it on yet. I'm, I'm just right. doing audio, but just know people can feel our energy right now. They can see our smiles. They can feel our positivity and our happiness. And I'm, and I'm really excited to, to talk to you today. So I'm going to first start with where I normally start with most folks is how did you get bit by the bug to get you into 911? Did you, did you know from an early age you were going to be in 911? Did it just magically appear? Tell us all about it. How'd you get here? The gift of public service has always been on my heart. So my dad works in hospital management or hospital services. Mom was a teacher and I had a girlfriend of mine at the time. We have been friends since four years old and our families grew up with each other. She told me to apply. Yeah. She said the sheriff's office is hiring for 911 dispatchers. So not only did I apply at the sheriff's office, I applied for about 10 different agencies in the tri-county area, all in 911. Okay. And my current agency was the first people to call me back. So they called me back within six months. Okay. I went in, it was an easy process uh, and I, and, and I got the job. So I've been here ever since after 18 years later, 18 years. So I hit, uh, just over 19. I couldn't make it to 20, but that's okay. That's another story. That's, for another a long day. Time. that's almost two decades in the game, Tracy. That's a lot. It is. It is. And and I love the profession. Everybody within the sound of my voice that knows me knows that I love the profession and, and what we do in 911. So um, I, are you able to tell us which agency you're with and what is your role there? Do you have a bunch of hats? Are you frontline? What, what do you do there? If you can see my face, yes, I, I wear a lot of hats, but I am currently employed with the Briar Sheriff's Office in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I am the training supervisor there, and we have about 400 plus employees. So we are city climbing. Um, the goal is probably eventually to maybe make it up to 500. Wow. So right now I am in charge of the training academy. So I have four instructors that 
And I don't like to say subordinates because we're all a team. Yep. So I have four instructors that they work, we work together. I do not instruct the classes, but every chance I get, I actually go in and try to teach a lesson to give them a break. Yeah. I am also the SWAT dispatch coordinator. I am the recruiter. I am the CTO, which is the communications training officer coordinator. And I'm like the TERT leader, TERT coordinator as well. Awesome. So I wear a lot of hats and that doesn't even include certifications that we have. To. So, so, your, so, so your certifications or the certifications, you maintain all the certifications for all of your 400 folks. Yes. Yeah, so when it comes to Department of Health, it comes to APCO courses um, and other, you know, organizations that we have accreditations for, um, I'm part of that team. My so just goodness. not by myself, but um, we, are, we are a team. So right now we we are currently working on our 911 PST for the Florida Department of Health certificate. So almost 400 people. My goodness. So how many, oh, yeah. I'm just curious, how many, how many hours are there in your day? Cause it's not, oh. that sounds like a lot. Let me tell you. So typically I try to do an eight hour day. Sometime work does come home. Sometime work starts before I leave the, leave my home. Yep. So I try, but however, I'm, I'm working on that life work balance, learning to leave it at work because I am a single mom. So the more time that I take away from my son, right. I have an adult son as well, it um it's a reflection on, on your children. It so, is. So, you know, I had to learn to have that work-life balance. Well, I'm glad that you're wrangling that. I know that it's not always easy. And, and folks oh. that are listening, they're probably saying, yeah, well, when she gets that, she should bottle it and sell it. Like, you know, yes. when we figure out how <laughs> to leave, how to leave work at work. And, you know, it's, it's challenging because when you're yes. dedicated, which it sounds like you are, yes. it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to let go. And especially if you have a portable laptop where you, you think, oh, I forgot to do this. And, and you're jumping on the laptop in, in a few hours goes by, right? You saying laptop. Let's talk about cell phone. We'll yeah, be, exactly. Responding to emails from my cell phone, pulling up docs on my cell phone. And I learned that in school, you know, your cell phone is basically a walking laptop. Yeah. So a lot of things that I do on my cell, but however, it can be very tired. So do you feel this was something that I started doing? I don't do it all the time, but I'm really trying to get better at it. And I would love to know your thoughts on it is we have to get better at not being so accessible. Mm -hmm. And by doing that, the, what this looks like for me is I've really tried tried to get better. And if folks are listening and they're like, that's bull. She emailed me at eight o'clock the other night. It's I'm, I'm saying I'm trying to be more aware that if I have to email a director of a 9-1 center or somebody I'm communicating with, I try to schedule those emails to go out during Monday through Friday business hours. It doesn't always happen, but any thoughts on, on how we should be doing that? Because if somebody, if I sent you an email right now, chances are you'd answer it, right? Absolutely. And you know, that's the work-life balance we talked about. And I just had this conversation with one of my coworkers the other day, where if I do send that email out at 8 p.m., the expectations is Dom is going to send that email out all the time at 8 p.m. Or if yeah. I email her at 7.50, the turnaround time is within 10 minutes. Yeah. So I'm yeah. struggling with that right now because I'm learning that 
every email does not have to receive a response right then and there. Right. Sometimes give a person one day, give them two days. You know, how many times have we emailed corporations and it's taking them a week or two weeks to get back to us, right? Right. And we're a little bit patient with them. Yeah. So why can't we be patient with the people that we work for, you know, work right. with, yeah. you know, yeah. and I had to learn that. Like sometimes I may go in the center and do overtime on the weekend. So when people see me firing up 20 and 30 emails on a Saturday, they're calling me like, Hey, are you working? Yeah. Yes. I'm working. Um, I'm, I'm trying to do my nine to five and at the same time, making sure that the center operations are done. Right. Right. Yeah. But however, once you kind of put it out there, those expectations for people is that we are always available and that's hard, but you have to set those boundaries. It is. And I think, I think we do that to ourselves also, right. Is that we, we set that expectation of others that, oh, I know if she emails me, if if I email her, she's going to email me right back. Let me, let me just shoot her a quick email. And now we're dipping into other folks work-life balance, mm-hmm. right? So I do think that's important that we've we've chatted about that because it is something that I don't think folks set a good healthy boundary for because if right. I, I, have you ever heard of Jay Shetty? No, I have not. Oh, you need to Google Jay that. Is that the guy that's always, um, he's always like on Facebook timeline. Oh yeah. He he's do some work with like Will Smith now, I think it is. So he is a motivational speaker and he is yes. a doll baby. He is, he is nice to look at. I'll just let you know. I told my yes. husband, he's probably going to be my next husband. If we wish it <laughs> ever, ever, he's just the words that come out of his mouth and you know he 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 took some time being a monk uh for a while he checked mm-hmm. out a reality and he has so much valuable information uh to share and one wow. of the things that i heard him talk about is that accessibility that we give to others and the expectation uh that we set for others and we have to get better at setting yes. healthy work life balance because one Absolutely. of the things that he says in his videos is you know we jump through hoops and bend over backwards for a profession or a job that yeah. would replace us tomorrow if we weren't Absolutely. if we weren't there. So Absolutely. I I want folks to get better to get better. We at have that. to get better because overall, who's losing? Yep, we are losing. Who else is losing? Our family. Absolutely. So this has been one of those tough weeks for me where I'm I'm realizing that hey, I need to put in some more time at home. Yeah, because someone is being impacted by my absence. Yep. And you know sometimes people don't understand, but you know I'm a mom first. Yep. I'm a mom first, and as some point I have to shut it off because again, our kids are not asked to be here. So we have to provide them with that time. Yeah. And I'm absolutely. very big on that. Very big on that. Absolutely. And there's a couple of things that you pointed out um, that I picked up on very quickly. One, when I, I mean, I, I don't know where I've been for the last year or so. I know you said that you've launched your um your part-time kind of gig, which we're gonna get into in just a little bit. I oh, know yeah. you said you you launched that about a year ago, and I, it's probably been seven or eight months since uh you popped up on yes. one of my feeds and I saw yes. the shirt you were wearing, and I'm like, I need yes. that shirt, I have to have that shirt. Yes. But before we get there, okay, you have indicated a few times now about being a team and you don't your folks aren't working under you and that mm-hmm. screams to me people first leadership yes. for you can you I tell am. me where that started where did it start for you where you knew that you were a people centered provider leader servant what wherever it is where mm-hmm. did that start for you cuz i think that's really important hmm, you have me thinking but you know what's crazy the first memory that pops up in my head miami shores elementary school gifted program okay 
And I was a gifted student from the time I was, I think, in the first grade. Okay. And everything we did in gifted was centered around working together. There was no individual because think about it. You know, here we are, these little kids with these high IQs. And how can we come together collaboratively and make a change and make a difference? Because I think, yeah, because I think because I think a lot of folks if you think of somebody who is gifted and has an high IQ, I can see them tend to go in their own lane. And that's yeah. really cool that, cause like, that's the perception that I would have is yeah. that I, you can't keep up with me. So I'm just going to go like, <laughs> I'm going to yeah. keep on trucking. And I think that's amazing that, yeah, that you better. learned that from an, a young age. A young age and um, my undergrad is actually in education, so in teaching. So I picked up a lot of that in coursework. And honestly, grad school was all project-based where yep. we are teamed up together. And again, how you think about it, it mimics the workplace environment. Right. How can we all collaboratively work together? How can we all have the same vision? We have the same goal, but how can we get to the end zone, right? So it's always about that for me. Like for me, I, I understand it. I can't do this alone, you know? So I, and I understand that now with like my current profession where I notice sometimes I call it, I'm building up a person or I'm empowering them because for me, it's, I'm not going to sit here and say, Hey, I can do certifications for 400 people. Absolutely not. Like I'll go and say, Oh no. Right. Yeah, no. Have I, I tried it? Absolutely. But all it does is build more stress on you. Yep. And then you make people feel welcome. So for me, it's, I'm always about the team. Yeah. Because we learned this in elementary school, right? There's no I in team. It's been plastered on the walls everywhere. So it sticks with me. So for me, it makes me feel good about myself that, hey, I'm able to work with someone that I probably have never known. I may not be able to work with them on a personal level outside of work, but here <laughs> it is that we're in this place. And the goal, the thing is, it's not about us. It's right. about everyone else and the outcome of things. So I love this. I love projects. I love working with others. And again, I just think that's, it's been st- instilled in me since day one. I think that's where it came from, day one. Awesome. And can you elaborate on the importance of each person? Because I do a lot with the DISC human behavior model, which I've talked about a bazillion times and folks know that for me, that is, you know, making sure that we are putting folks in a place where they can shine in the light of their true potential. Right. I, I always, I love the Einstein quote where he says, if we judge a fish by his ability to climb a tree, right. How, how, how well is that going to work? But what I also know is that those that provide a people centered leadership approach will make sure that folks are in the right place doing the right things. Do you feel that you do that in in your role as putting folks in those places? Absolutely. Um, Was it a struggle for me in the beginning? It was because it was the people that I worked with before. Now I am their supervisor. But for me, it's always been, how can I find a skill within you or a gift in you that you don't see yourself? You know, and a lot of times people tell me, you know, I can't dispatch or I can't take call or I can't learn geography. You can, but my responsibility is how can I tap in? How can I tap into your cognitive ability and say that, hey, you may not have been a critical thinker before, but I'm going to ask you some questions. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to challenge you because I know that you can do it. I can teach you how to put a call in for service. But as we all know with adults, adult learners, right? They always want to know why. 
Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to tell you how to put this call in, but I'm also going to tell you, Hey, based off of how you, you know, put this information into this CAD header or this computer software, this, these are the results that you're going to get. I'm teaching you geography with a book because I want you to know, Hey, if someone calls 911 and they have no idea where they are, a lot of times technology does fail us and we have to understand that. So how can I make you think critically? Like, how can I just make you think? And is it hard? Yes, because some people become complacent yep. with where they are. And my goal is, is to always bring you back to where I feel like you're supposed to. You yep. know, and Oprah says this all the time. Like we all have gifts. We all have talent. You just got to tap into that energy. You got to tap into it. And a lot of times it takes for someone else to see in you that you can't see yourself. Oh, yeah. So, uh- that, that's how I feel about it. Absolutely. And I think I, I think what's really important too is when once you find out what that person, what motivates them, what demotivates yes. them, what embarrasses them, what makes them feel uncomfortable. Um, and, and it's not even just somebody like speaking to me. So one of the things that I have a a challenge with is, is if you call me out in front of other people, that's going to really demotivate me. It's going to shut me down. I'm going to take a step back. I'm, I'm going to be super embarrassed and, and, and it's going to affect me. Uh, whereas some folks, if, if you tell me I did something wrong, great. Okay. Moving on. No big deal. And when we know that about folks or even something as you mentioned, the geography is if I look at a map, I could look at a map all day and it's not sinking in, but you put me in the vehicle and you drive me around and you show me those landmarks and I can visualize them. You know, now, now we have Google maps with, with street view, right? What a a big help that is because for me, I have to see it where others can just hear it. So really tapping into to folks' gifts, as you say, is, yeah, is and amazing. You have to, the interpersonal skills kick in because in order for me to understand who you are, I have to make that connection. Yep. I have to make that connection. I have to understand that, hey, this is my student that, you know, they learn better by themselves. Or I have another student, they learn by doing application. I may have another student that, hey, before I get to step 10, I may have to take them through steps one through nine again. Yep. And, and, and that's hard because for me right now, I'm dealing with four personalities, right? Everyone's different. Yep. Everyone's different, you know, things, um, they happen, you know, and for me, it's understanding each person individual. And my goal is to help them understand the 10 students that are in their class that, you know, people think because, oh, someone's this age, they can't do the job. That's not necessarily true. We have to be careful because we could be discriminating, right? It could be be discrimination. But for me, it's you got to put in the work to get to know your people. And that's one of the things that I always took pride in as an instructor, because again, I was in their shoes before for a long time. And for me, it was always connecting with the human that is in that Yep. And one of my students, she actually has an organization called Power of Connection that she was my former student. Now she's, she's in dispatch, but the, she believes in that connection with the human, with the I human agree. being. I agree. Cause we get, we can teach tasks all day long, all day long. We get, it's the human factor that yeah. I am, you know, super adamant about is that we get back to being, you know, the, the person first, the person yeah. in the seat. It is not just 
somebody typing and tapping and, you know, going through the motions and checking boxes. There is a living, breathing human there. And when you say you got four people, yep, that's how I roll with the DISC assessment. But each one of those folks needs an individual, and when I say individual, four different ones, they just learn differently. They respond differently. They need to know different things. And I think that's really cool that that you see that and you're allowed and have the opportunity to implement that. And it's not just let's get them through these training programs and get them out on the thing the same exact way every time, because that is not going to work. That's not it. That's not going to work because what can happen is someone will break down. They will quit, right? They will quit and you'll have some issues, right? But again, getting them to understand why they're here. What's their purpose? I always ask people during orientation, what's your why? Yep. Why are you here? And again, that can allow me to see how am I going to approach this person? Yep. You know, are there other resources that maybe I can help them? Because again, we want them to stay. We, we know everyone's short staff, right? So again, it's how do I connect with this person? And so that's very important for me. So you know what I realized recently? Um, so at 45 years old, I was officially diagnosed with ADHD. And I will tell you that diagnosis changed my life in a big way for so many reasons. And I'll do a separate podcast on that just to let folks know. Call me back. Absolutely. Because here's what I realized about myself. I've been living. Did I know I had ADHD? Yeah. Did I joke about it? Uh Uh-huh. But what I realized is when I actually had the official diagnosis, it forced me to actually learn more about myself and my gift. Mm-hmm. I don't call it a disability. It is a gift for me because there are things that I'm able to do that others are not because of my ADHD. But what I also know is that there are hundreds of kids that go through school and because they have an ADHD diagnosis, they are allowed to be on either an IEP or a 504 plan to mm-hmm. help them and assist them. And we do not do that as adults. In school, they're able to be on an IEP. In school, they're able to be on a 504. But as soon as you graduate, that's it, you're done. And it's like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. As an employee, I am, I don't do tasks very well. And I know that sounds silly, but I am a verbalizer, communicator, ambassador. I'm animated. I'm positive. Mm-hmm. I have high energy. I don't love spreadsheets. Me neither. I don't love emails. I don't like spreadsheets. I don't like paper. If there's multiple, if there's multiple steps, I am immediately turned off. So how do we make this? (laughs) How how do we get folks to understand that maybe there are adults that have to be put on an adult IEP? But guess what? You know, life is the greatest teacher, right? Yeah. You know, it takes one to know one. Yeah. So yeah. for me, that is me all day. And I told you this when we were talking in Apple, yeah. Yeah. where we I can relate to you on so many levels because that is me. Do I get in trouble for not typing the right thing in an email? Absolutely, right? But for me, it's like, okay, whatever. There's other things we can worry about. And it's interesting because you said about us having like ADAC task driven. Yep. Like that is not me. Like I could care less about a checklist. And if you look at my desk, it is a mess. Same. And it's crazy because I had to go to another department at work yesterday and the lady was like, oh, it's my desk. You know, it's just like this. And I'm looking at her desk like, ma'am. I would give anything for that desk. <laughs> right. Like this is not today. This is piled up work. And I told her, trust me, I understand. I said, yep. The people with the messiest desks, we're gifted. So just look at it like that. (laughs) And I had the whole office laughing, but I was so serious. Like, 
Think about this. Walk into someone's office who is like that person, right? Stuff, and I'm not going to curse. So stuff is everywhere. <laughs> like it's everywhere. Yeah. And for me, I'm like, okay, like it, it is what it is. So and well, for a paper, they know where it is. Well, and it's funny because I was, I was literally just going to say that is, I'm going to say 50% of the time, I can tell you exactly where some random thing is like, right. oh, it's next to the purple paper clip in the bottom drawer behind the thing. But then other times it's like, I <laughs> I, I can't find the pen I was literally just writing with, right? Oh, before we got on this call, on our conversation today, I've been looking for my remote for the light. So that's why I'm in the dark right now, because I can't find the light, the remote. And I'm thinking to myself, where was it? Where did it go? Where, what was the last thing I did when I had the remote? But honestly, Tracy, I've been looking for it for like two weeks. So yeah. I have no idea what I did. You'll find, you'll find it. I'll find it. So for check, me, that's nice for us, right? I'm just, I'm just going to tell you, check in the fridge. Cause, cause it, it, <laughs> it can, I, I bet you it's next to the milk in the refrigerator. Cause why wouldn't you put it there? Right. But, and it's funny because this is a dispatch podcast, but we're talking about these things. And I, and the reason why I set this stage, and I love having this conversation with you because we are so on the same page. Yes, we are. Is at the end of the day, we get the job done. It may, look, it, it may look very different. I may come in sideways sliding in at midnight for that deadline, but we but got it done. It's don't rush done. Me. It's, yes. done. It's, it's done. It's done. And don't ask me for a rough draft. I'm not, I, you're not getting a rough trap. It's it's all or nothing. That's it. Yeah, but it's true. And you know what's crazy? Because you talked about how you how you lose. That's yep. me. Like if you're telling me step one through 10, I am on one trying to get straight in 10. Exactly. There's no bumps in the road. I don't care about getting step four or five. Like, okay, just say whatever you have to say and let's get it over with. And I'm like that when I sit in a lot of class. Yep. So if yep. the instructor is absolutely not entertaining, oh, I checked out within the first five to seven. And I think that's important for training purposes too, because oh, yeah. think, think about how... Uh, and I see this in I see this in our chat groups on Facebook, our dispatcher, you know, groups, et cetera, and public safety. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I have this trainee and I'm getting super frustrated because they're just not getting it. And it, you know, I, sometimes I want to chime in and just say they might not be getting it because your teaching style and their learning style might be two totally different things. Two totally different things. And that's why we have to really be mindful of who we select as trainer. Yeah. Because a lot of times as trainers, we expect people. One way when there's seven other ways. Yep. And the expectations for me is if you're a trainer, I need you to know those seven different ways. And if you yep. don't know it yep. by heart, I need you to take note. Yeah. Because again, you're doing a disservice to a new hire. And people are feeling like, hey, they according to your evals, they're not being receptive training. Like they're not right. getting it. Right. They're not right. getting it, or you're not giving them the opportunity to get it. I love so, that. I'm a stickler about that. Um, and sometimes I seem like I can be a nuisance to some people. But again, you kind of throw in that little subject matter expert thing. Like, hey, I yep. can relate. Number one, because I, ha- I feel like I have ADHD, adult ADHD. Yep. Then yep. I can relate because the teacher part in me is, have you gone the 20 different ways to get this person to learn the job? Yep. And if not, why are you saying they can't, they don't meet your expectations and you right. haven't done it again, right. you got to put in the work. We have to. I agree. I, I agree 100%. And so you have taken what you have learned and through all of these things, and you have started yourself a pretty amazing 
side gig. And we have to talk before we run out of time, because I know okay. we, we could be we could be talking we about this. We could be here all day and and there might be a part two, maybe even a part three. I don't know. But I just yeah. know that I want to tell folks how I found you and what what it was that connected me to you very quickly. A lot of folks know that I start off most of the things that I do with Hey Hero. And at the end of most things that I do, whether it's a podcast or my videos or training, I always end with the same thing. Stay safe, stay strong, stay here. We need you. And I always refer to these folks as heroes, not necessarily because of the valiant effort that they do and the courageousness, it's because they fight to stay here another day. And to me, if you can fight to stay here another day, you are a hero in my eyes because heroes don't want to be called heroes. So I have to define that sometimes. But as I'm scrolling through social media, all of a sudden, Dominique posts on something that I was tagged in or I was commenting on or whatever. And I see your little profile picture and I see a black shirt with white writing. And I'm like, I need to see what that says. And I clicked on your profile picture and you're wearing this shirt right now. Can you tell me what the shirt says? The shirt says everyone is here. Amen, sister. A big, big amen. So tell me where your, tell me the name of your side gig. I'm going to let you do that. And I want you to tell me what it's all about. And I want to tell you where that shirt, I want, I want you to tell me where that shirt idea came from. Let me tell you my baby. And it's, it's interesting because as you were getting ready to ask me the question, I became emotional. You should. Because I see where I started in 2019, sitting in my class and my professor said, why wait until you graduate to start your business and start it now? But I sat on it for a while. I sat on Hello 911 for a very, very long time. So I had always had my LLC, but I I didn't do anything with it. And the pandemic definitely changed things. The idea kind of, you know, I started putting myself out there a little bit, but I was afraid. I was afraid of the backlash or the negative part about it, which was very interesting and crazy. And I remember someone telling me, just keep doing it. Keep going Mm -hmm. on social media. Keep just keep doing it. Just keep going it. They said anyone on LinkedIn, just press the connect button to them. And I did that. And what I value about myself is because I'm being me. Yep. This yep. is this is what you see is what you get. And this is 18 years of experience. This is 18 years of tears, of crying, frustration, wanting to quit. This is years of line of duty deaths. This is years of mass casualty incidents on a bigger on a very big scale. And this is who I am as a person. This is Dominique. And hello 911 came about from a hashtag. I was trying to figure out what I was going to call my business name. Yep. And I kept seeing the hashtag hello 911. It just stuck with me because the it was a negative reference. It wasn't anything positive. And it was more so as how can I change the public's perspective of who we are in 911? So go and back. Local- so so go back, excuse me. Go go back okay. for that for a second. So when you were seeing hello 911, was it like hello 911? Like hello, was- like are you even there? Like wh- is that what you're meaning by the negative? connotation with it it was related to a lot of incidents involving um people of color where people were calling 911 to and it started off with like picnic patty 
picnic. Patty called 911 because she said there was a group of black people in the park having food. Then it was linked to the incidents that were happening in New York with the young lady with her dog saying that the male attacked her. The other young lady saying the teen stole her cell phone. It was things like Philando Castile. Like it was just so much, right? Okay. Yeah. Yep. And for me, it's this is not what it's about. This is not what it's about. This is not what we do. This is this is not what's going. This is not reality, right? Yeah. And somehow 911 was associated with all of these incidents that became national news. Gotcha. And right now we we've seen it recently with incidents in um in Buffalo where someone says, "Hey, I called 911 to operate a hung up on me," right? Yep. And you yep. hear people talk about us all the time and you're like, but this is not what's happening. Right, we know right. the truths, right? We know when you call 911 that we're providing the best quality of service that we can. So that interaction or that first phone call when you have to call 911, I want to make sure that we're doing exactly what we're supposed to. And a lot of times that comes from educating the public and also educating us on how the public may feel about us or how can we provide a better. So I turned it around. I said, hello, 911. I want it. And it's funny because my son says it all the time. Right. And for me, it's about empowering us. Like we don't get a lot of it. And it's not to negate anyone that's out here doing things. Because let me tell you something. When I came across your page, I'm coming across others that have been in the game for like 10, 15, 20, 30 years. When I tell you my eyes widen, my mindset changed because there are some dope people out here in 911. Yeah. And a lot of times we don't get the recognition or we don't get the crossover that we deserve. Yeah. So it's been it's been an experience because I've been able to connect with people on a bigger platform, um, you with your platform, it's huge. Like you said, hey, hero, how do we connect <laughs> with this hero, right? Because for me, it's everyone is a hero, not just yeah. 911. The hero can be someone walking down the street right. and they see an elderly person fall, they helping them up. A yep. hero yep. can be, you know, my son, he's 20 years old. He, he changed the game with everyone around him because he broke the stereotype or he broke the chains of generational curse. You know, or the nurse, like my father, Father, working in the hospitals, he had to do COVID. The teacher who's saving our kids' lives every day. So for me, in my eyes, everyone is a hero because you have the opportunity to save someone's life at any given time. Agreed. And Agreed. Yeah. 100. I, I'm like, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. All yeah. the yeses. Even just somebody smiling at another person in my eyes is a hero because yeah. that smile could totally change the whole Number trajectory day. of somebody's day, yeah. which could save the next day and the next day and the next day. And I love, I beyond love that story. And I've been waiting patiently to hear it because if you think about like, if you think about it, hello, 911. All right. If, uh, is it that are the, is is it training for answering the call and and as you were sh- sharing that I got goosebumps because you are right it is changing the narrative of how nine one one is perceived absolutely because you know what's interesting it's not positive and you know what's interesting my dad my dad said to me he really didn't know what was going on in nine one one until I started my business yep. and I started to talk about it and I became more passionate about it and I think that started honestly when I won um, an award with the Florida Sheriff's Association as Dispatch of the Year. And people were just coming up to me like, hey, how are you? We're hiring. Oh, you can come to my company. You can get this and get that. And I'm like, wait a minute. This is a lot. 
But it also told me that I needed to make a difference. I needed to do something. And I think I've always been on a personal level with people with making a difference. But how can I step outside of Broward County and make a difference? And let me tell you, Tracy, it's it's been, I'm telling you, it gets me emotional because I know. it's been a journey, right? And I still love it. Like we just lost a dispatcher here locally in Miami-Dade. And for me, it's, I wanted to get to the memorial. I wanted to show the support. I wanted to be there. I wanted the public to be aware that, hey, we have losses too. So when you feel like you call 911 and we may not answer the phone, it's not because we don't want to. We may be short staffed. We're hiring. All of these departments are hiring, right? We're hiring and we realize that we are losing a lot of people sometimes to the private sectors. We're losing a lot of people because maybe sometimes it's toxic work environments. It happens. Or we're also losing people because we're being subjected to so many traumatic events on a daily basis. And who's helping us? Like, And for me, that's if I can get you the resources that you need, just call me to connect. That's how I feel sometimes. If you call me and say, hey, Dom, I'm trying to read somebody in this department. Can you help me? Absolutely. Let me call and make a text to someone and see if I can make that happen for you. And honestly, Tracy, that puts a smile on my face. And I think somewhere along the line, we lost just doing the next right thing. And yes. not everybody, not everybody. I'm not, I don't want to generalize and categorize everybody, but I right. think that so many of us are just fighting things that we just, we don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. we have to assume that every single person is fighting the ugliest demons that they have ever faced right now today. And, and if we can, think about things that way and we can get better at just helping and smiling and being kind and being appreciative and saying thank you and not Mm -hmm. fighting like imagine what we would we could could shift imagine what we could shift and it's interesting you say that because right now i'm in the process of doing um some training on racial intelligence oh so So needed yeah so it's saying that hey if i have emotional intelligence plus social intelligence then i have racial intelligence and i love this course because this course was created by two two women and um one is a a sports coach slash life coach and that's um randy and then you have linda who is a a retired police officer from tampa police department tampa florida okay and they came up with this this course in the wake of all of these incidents that i talked about with the negative mindset of hello 911 yep and the class has been a game changer because it allows us to tap in into how we are feeling. Yep. Are we aware of our emotional intelligence? Because if we are aware, then we'll know, hey, when I interact with Sally and, and Jerry, that it can either be up or it could be down. And the overall picture is, hey, am I understanding that if I'm not feeling well, it's a reflection of how I treat Sally. And then the overall thing is, hey, how can I change that? Or can I understand that my beliefs are different from others? And if they are, how am I accepting of that? And I love the course because it's been a game changer it's, it has. Let me tell you, it, it's been a game changer in my life personally. And the, the people that I have taught the class to, it's been a game changer for them as well. I'll so tell I you. Think, go ahead. Um, I had an experience in a class and I was blown away. Now I am a people driven person. I never want to hurt anyone's feelings. Damn. I want to be educated across all platforms. It's just the way that I am. If I say something offensive, I want somebody to tell me that I've said something offensive because sometimes we don't know. 
We, we don't know what we don't know. And I mm-hmm. had somebody, I was teaching in Detroit and I always make a joke and, and I'll, I'll say, I'll, I'll tell you what the joke is because I think it's important to realize how we may not know that our words have a different meaning for others. Do we have right. to tiptoe and be on eggshells? No, but if there is something that gets said, I want you to bring it to my attention so I can be aware. And what mm-hmm. happened was I always talk about um, sharing in one of my PTSD classes, I talk about sharing what's going on with other people around us mm-hmm. because it's really important. And this is what I said. I said, I don't, I don't know what the hell is wrong with you people, but dispatchers want to go to escape rooms when they go to conferences. Mm-hmm. And I was using the term you people mm-hmm. to describe dispatchers. Someone and I said, offended, huh? And somebody said, you know, when you use that term, it could be offensive to people of color. Yeah. And I had, and I had no idea. I had absolutely no idea. Now I could, I could take one of two roads. I could be like, okay, that's grasping or whoa, wait a minute. It's a teachable moment. It's a teachable moment. I did not know by what I was saying. And now I'm going to be a little bit more careful in how I say that. I don't know what the hell's wrong with dispatchers. They want to go to escape rooms and be locked in rooms. And, you know, that's something that's, that's, that's not up my alley because of my fear of being locked in a room. Right, right, right. But, but to have that teachable moment, it's a respect Mm -hmm. thing to say, you know what? This has been huge for me. There have been things recently where things that have been done or said bothered me, but Mm -hmm. unfortunately I'm not the type of person that feels comfortable saying something because of who I am as a person and, and, and my fear of conflict for many reasons. But what it sounds like is these classes that you're putting on is teaching folks how to have these hard conversations. It is. How do you have that hard conversation and understanding that, Hey, today is not my day. I'm mad. I'm angry. I'm sad. I'm frustrated. And how do you tell your coworker that? How do you say, Hey, um, Keisha today, I'm not feeling, um, I have a lot going on at the house, you know, and I may be a little standoffish today. That's because I'm dealing a lot, you know, just understand that check on me later on and see how I'm doing. You know, we can go from, you know, it's that hard for some people to do absolutely. You know, one of the things that I used to practice when I was an instructor was if I was having a rough day, as soon as the class started, I say, hey, guys, you know, I'm not really my best today. I need y'all to help me. I need you to help get me. And we use this in right training. What we say now is I need to get to the top of the ladder. (laughs) <laughs> so, it, and it's pretty dope how they use that analogy, but also with their tangible where it says, I'm trying to get to the top of the ladder. I'm trying to get to the, the top of the ladder where it's love, it's gratitude, it's happiness, it's optimistic. Like I'm trying to get to that area and city feeling sad, frustrated, worried. I'm trying to build myself up and understanding that I don't want to live at the bottom of the ladder. Right. And I love it. I love telling people that because now we do at work all day and say, hey, where are you on the ladder? Yeah. I'm yeah. at the top where I'm at the bottom. Yep. So, you know, that's, you know, we have to t- tap into that because what have we always been taught since day one? Leave your feelings out at the door. Ah, you don't have any feelings in dispatch. Man. You're not supposed to man. feel this way. But that's all lies. It like is. We're, we're, we're giving people lies because we're telling them that they're not supposed to have feelings and that it's not true. Yep. So in one of my classes, and I, I don't know if it was in one of the ones that I did at APCO that you were in, but I have a slide that says, 
it, it literally says next slide, click it. It says, leave your problems at the door. And I asked the question, how many of you have said this or heard this? Mm -hmm. And most people raise their hands. And then the next click is the big red circle with the line through it. We that have to it. stop saying it. Yeah. We have to stop saying it. Uh, my, my dear friend, Ryan Dedman from the 9-1 Training Institute, mm -hmm. he, he presented one time and it was profound. And, and it was just this simple little scale. And I was like, oh, wow. Wow, that makes a big difference. He right. said, how, how often do we ask folks, like, how are you? And, and we say, fine, I'm fine. I'm all right. I'm, not fine. I'm good. Okay. No, I'm not fine. So if I come back and I say, all right, on a scale of one to 10, 10 being amazing, where are you? Ah, ah, six, seven. Whoa. I, well, and it was funny because I leaned over to my my coworker at Rapid SOS and I said, I'm yeah. a three trapped in a 10's body. <laughs> like, yeah, but, like, but guess what? We have you to don't see it. That. We don't see it. And, you know, my friend just said this other day where she said, I asked her how she was doing. And she ended up saying, hey, I don't like to say how I'm really feeling because I don't want to bring you down. Yeah. Or I don't want to always talk about my problems. But one of the things that I learned from one of my girlfriends, and I do this to a lot of people, is I always ask them, how are you mentally? How are you physically? Yeah, and I like that. And I share that with people who I am really dear with. Because for me, is I want to know how are you mentally? Right. Are you checked out? Are you having a, a worrisome day? You know, are you, do you have a lot going on? Do you have something to eat? You know, and how are you physically? How do you feel? You know, do you need a massage? What do you need? Yeah. You know, because that's my way of saying, hey, I'm here for you if you need me or I'm I'm, I'm just here. Not if, if you need me, just call me if you want to talk. And then there are days where, like I had a day yesterday where I literally had to come home and just get a book and read. Check out. I had to check out because I needed that after the day that I had. And, you know, I think I do think we have to get better. And, and I'm going to say this is we number one, we have to get better at normalizing, not being OK. And I say this all the time. Mm. It's OK to not be OK. You just can't stay there. That's not yes. an option. I, not an we option. say it. We say it all the time. And, and I will tell you, I want to bring back to what happened to me last week. Last week, I had a really emotional bad day. I had, yes. I, I was betrayed by someone. It was hurtful. I was not in a good mental place and you were a safe place for me. You, mm -hmm. we were supposed to record this podcast, but yes. you have given off that safety of me being able to say, Dominique, can we reschedule? Because I'm not in a great place today mm -hmm. versus Dominique, uh, I, something came up and, you know, whatever, and making up excuses and telling stories. It's like, no, yeah. I felt safe enough to say to you, I'm not in a good mental health place right now. And I don't think we're going to be able to execute the podcast with the positivity and excitement that I wanted it. So that says a lot to you and your character that folks do feel safe because you set that, mm. you set that stage. And that's really important. You know, that warms my heart. And again, I'm just an emotional person. Me too. Because for me, it's I just feel like I'm living in my purpose and doing God's work. Yeah. Right. And every emotion that you felt that day, I understood because that was me. It, yep. it still is me. Again, I've experienced the betrayal within the last week myself. And then you ask yourself, like, why? What's the lesson that I'm, I have to learn in this situation? Yep. Was I yep. too open? Was I too vulnerable? Like, what is it that has me in this space where I'm feeling like I just want to punch the wall? I want to break down and cry and I just want to shut down. Yeah. So we think about that. And for me, again, it's that connection, people. It and if I can connect with five people and we could change the world, that's the goal. But it, it comes naturally, Tracy. So that's another thing for me. Like 
it comes natural because I always like to know, how are you? How are you feeling? Like, really, like, how are you feeling? Like, how are you like, feeling? Like, truly, for real. Like, truly. Yeah. Like, truly, how are you feeling? Because life is, 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 is going to test us, right? And we work in fields in a career where we're tested often because we're, we are living vicariously through other people and their traumas. So at some point, it becomes, and I'll say at some point, it is overwhelming. Yeah. And we need to be able to tell each other how we feel, whether that is talking to a therapist, talking to your accountability partner, talking spouse. You got to be able to connect with someone. And it's interesting because I ended up connecting with someone that right, I can talk to him about anything. And then three days we went without talking to each other. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like, I have no idea what to do. Like, oh, my God, I got to call this person to see what was going on. What did I do? What did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? In your mind, all of a sudden it's spiraling, right? It's crazy. And for me, I need to talk to them because I have to say something. And it's like, you know what? Sometimes shit, excuse my language, like they need a break. Like they need a break for me too with all I have going on. So, but again, it's balance. It's it's finding people that you next sharing and telling them how you, and there's nothing bad. So just like there's no crying in baseball, there is crying in dispatch. And there should be, there should be, we shouldn't, we, we shouldn't have to stifle and not feel and things like that. And I think we're changing. I think we're changing that narrative. I think, I think think you are, you are right on that track. And, and I know that we need to start wrapping up. So what I would love for you to do is I want you to tell me where folks can find you um uh, your website please please share your website and your social media stuff with us yeah so we just celebrated our one-year anniversary to yesterday um for hello 911 so it is www.hello-911.com you can find me on instagram on hello 911 and you can find me on linkedin i'm very active on there as well and it's under my name it is dominique mathis i am hoping to connect with you all yes i am so happy tracy that you have me here today and it's just flowing and I love it and I love what you're doing and you're showing the world that you know beyond everything that you've experienced there is life after there there really is and I will tell folks that they need to go get one of your amazing shirts that says because Everyone I'm trying is to come hero. up with new colors. I'm trying to come up with new colors. And I think I'm going to launch something for breast cancer. Oh, okay. So, um, again, and I, my proceeds are definitely going to go to a local charity. Love it. Um, it comes to that. But yeah, you can find me on these. Um, get our hero team. So I love it. Get our hero team. Let everyone know that you're a hero. And you say absolutely. Bye. And it, you know what? And I love and I, I've, I've worn them. I'm in EMS. I've had it on when I've had to go to the hospital on calls and stuff. And somebody just reading it, it, it just, it just clicks. And, and, you know, they, they look at it and in their mind, they're like, Hey, Hey, I'm one of those. I'm, I'm yeah. a hero. I'm, I'm a hero because I save lives. Yes. And I think that is, is just beyond amazing. And I appreciate you so I much for what you, so you do. Much. And Great. I think we're going to be doing lots of cool stuff together. And I can't We wait. are. I'm ready. Let me know. Yay. Thanks lady. Welcome back heroes. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please like and follow me on all On Scene First social media so you too can keep up with my shenanigans. And make sure you get to know our friends over at NGA Next Generation Advance. You can start by heading over to their social media and thanking them for being our premier sponsor. Remember, stay safe, stay strong, and stay here. We need you.